the Open Source Creative Podcast, Episode 22, Requesting Features. This is the Open Source Creative Podcast, a podcast where I ramble on about creativity, process, and open source software during my work commute. I'm Jason Van Gumster, your host and driver. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I'm on a streak! Yeah, I'm just excited. I have a number of episodes in a row, and I'm, I'm, I'm keeping up with it. Anyhow, in this episode, I talk about the Blender feature request site that I launched earlier this year called rightclickselect.com. But, but, but more importantly, I talk about the best way to ask developers to add new features to your favorite software, open source or otherwise. Mostly going to be open source because, well, this is the Open Source Creative Podcast, and a lot of commercial software just doesn't really give you the ability to make feature requests in any meaningful way. By the way, spoiler alert, if you want a developer to write a feature for you, it kind of requires you to do a little bit of work up front. So, there you go. Also, I, I, I do make two fun, mistake in this, fun mistakes. And, well, now I just made the third one. <laughs> I make two fun mistakes in this episode. First, I say that my distractions episode, the one called Me, 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 was last week. It wasn't. It was two weeks ago in episode 20. Uh... Oops. And the other mistake is more embarrassing. I forgot the domain name for Blender Artists. It's .org, by the way. But aside from those two errors and the one that I just made a few seconds ago, I I think this episode is relatively flub-free. So it's either that or I have a really, really bad memory. Anyhow, uh, more more to the point, I, I'd also like to really thank everyone who gave me feedback in the last episode. That's episode 21. Do you have a medium? I got a lot of very good, very well thought out responses in the comments section of that episode. Um, it came from Dave Hingley, Klaatu, and LightBWK. You guys were, were magnificent in the feedback you gave there. Thank you so much for that. And if I if I read everyone's replies correctly, the general consensus seems to be that artists have always worked in multiple media, and that I was probably thinking too hard about the whole thing. <laughs> Lesson learned, less thinking. And with that, let's get on with the show. Oh, we're going to toast marshmallows, are we? That's better. All right. I wonder if I, how many of these episodes I start off with the word all right, or so. <laughs> Anyhow, that's another one I like to use. Anyhow, I'm talking this week about, what am I talking about? Oh, so one of the things I forgot to mention in last week's episode, one of the distractions, if you will, that, I, that, that caught me up last year, was a little website that I launched called rightclickselect.com. If you're familiar with the Blender community, if you're in the Blender community, then you might be aware of this. I'll give you a quick little backstory on it. So the backstory goes like, and actually I gave a a talk, a little lightning talk about this um, at the last Blender conference. In any case, the backstory for rightclickselect goes something like this. First of all, years and years and years ago, I purchased rightclickselect.com, the domain, with the intent to use it for something, but I had no idea, but the domain name was funny, 
to me. So I, I, I purchased it and, and sat on it for, for a number of years. And um, sometime last year, I think it was pretty close to the somewhere in the summer, maybe, maybe, maybe before that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there, there's a perennial conversation that comes up on blenderartist.org, uh, yeah, org, where, where I actually am a, anyway, on Blender Artist, there's a perennial conversation that, that comes up, I'm a moderator there, and that conversation goes like this, where can I ask for features, or where can I ask for this very specific feature that I want to be added to Blender, and the, the regular answer to that is, well, not here, <laughs> not on the forums. Forums are really not the best place to do feature requests because A, they're not trackable. B, there's not really a great way of measuring interest. Uh, C, there's not a lot of, there's not necessarily a lot of developer traffic on, on web forums, Blender Artists included. There's a number of developers that do go to Blender Artists and, and come and talk and, and contribute there and, and make posts and reply to things there, but it's, it's there, they're there for, for, for looking at art, for socializing, for, for offering like answers to questions on stuff. It's not exactly where they, where you, where you come as a developer to get ideas for development. Not to mention the fact that if you're a developer, you have your own set of ideas. And that's another argument that comes up in there is that it's not like developers are, are, are without their own ideas, without their own passions about what they want to develop next. So, you know, chances are good, whatever feature you're interested in requesting, somebody's thought of it they just haven't gotten around to developing it in any case forums aren't the great aren't a great place for for making those kinds of requests now some projects use a bug tracker for that but for a project as complex as blender the bug tracker is the wrong call uh, there there are already enough design element the uh, design uh well, i forget what they're called uh notices tracking elements in there that that in their tracker for 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 new features they're already planning on adding and bugs that are being tracked in there that just adding like this onslaught of of feature requests many of which maybe not all that great in terms of not so necessarily the substance maybe maybe the, maybe it's a great feature request but it's communicated very poorly or it's or it's just like i want my renders to be better and that's the feature request well that that doesn't help anybody. I'll get to that in a second. So, short version is bug tracker also not a great place to do it. It's got the tracking side of it, but it's just it's just not the right a bug tracker. It's a bug tracker. It's not a feature request tracker. And already anyway, especially in the in the Blender community, the the, the development culture doesn't doesn't want to have the bug tracker loaded with a bunch of random feature requests that again could be closed or could be sat on for months without without any action. It's just, it's not a great great system for that. Now you could have direct one-on-one -on -one interaction with developers, you know, go on IRC, go on email. There's, there was the, the there is the Blender fun board, the Blender uh, functionality board email list that, that has a little bit of traffic on it where people post their ideas and whatnot. And that, that has some levels of success, but again, email is, is, is great for communication, not so great for tracking. And so that's really not the best place either for that sort of thing. And the one-on-one -on -one conversation is great for getting results, but you know, it, there's not a lot of transparency necessarily there because not everybody can be on IRC at the same time. And that, that asynchronous, you wanna have some kind of asynchronous communication about these ideas that you're putting out there. So that, that also is an impediment, is a difficulty. 
So this topic, this topic comes up regularly on Blitter Artists. And in the most re- in the most recent iteration of that conversation, I ended up going in and a number of people have made an, a few posts, but one of the posts that I ended up making kind of as specified as I saw it what then there used to let me back up one more step there used to be a site called Blenderstorm which was a home for for like a brainstorm of ideas for Blender but it ended up getting a fair amount of spam and, and ended up not being as maintained and and so uh, as a, as a project it kind of it kind of fizzled out and that that was a that was a, a a good effort and it was done by by a a Blender developer and so there, there, there was some interest there and some, some effort there, but again, it didn't ultimately end up fizzling. So when I, when I, I responded to this thread on Blender Artist that said, look, if you're gonna have a feature request website, these are the sort of things that, that it probably should have. And this is how those, those feature requests should probably be managed. And by the time I ended up writing out the specification, um, I, I, came to the conclusion that, well, maybe I, if, instead of writing about it, maybe I should just go ahead and do it. So with a, a little bit of effort um, that looks very much like chicken wire and bubble gum <laughs> in terms of the way it's all sort of kind of piecemealed together, I'm, I'm used, uh, I, I built rightclickselect.com, which is a website where you post ideas for Blender. And this is all couch, this is all sort of backstory, not just for right click select, but for what I actually want to talk about this this week, and that is one, one how to work with, with, with your the community that you're you're involved with when it comes to open, the open source software that you use. Because when you use open source software, whether or not you actually go on sites like blenderartist.com, uh, I'm gonna say it's com. The link of the show notes will be correct. <laughs> It's horrible. I'm a moderator on the site, and I can't remember if it's a common work. Erg. Anyhow, you go to you go to a a you, know, you don't necessarily have to participate on the web as part of the web community, but as a user of of an open source tool, you are part of the community. Whether whether or not you participate is a different question, but you are a part of the community. And so, if you're interested in participating, and, and I I personally believe I've I've talked about this before that you should participate because again open source software by and large doesn't have a marketing department doesn't have a quality control department we the community are those departments we are the marketing for 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 the tools that we use our work is the marketing for the tools that we use and us using the software is the quality control step for the development of that software and with that our our proper bug reporting which maybe I should do an episode on on how to properly report a bug maybe that's that's a worthwhile thing maybe I should jot that down <laughs> bug reporting how to though some people have made some pretty cool videos or and, and informational stuff on on a good way to do that but maybe you know maybe maybe you can want to hear my flair on it in any case for me my participation in the community has been you know making some small videos writing a writing a book or two moderating websites and now making websites like right click select which I hopefully will facilitate some 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 development of blender some some positive in that and now what I really want to talk about is 
and this doesn't this isn't specific to Blender. This could work uh, with any software tool, but I'm going to do it because because I'm running right click select because that's my my current experience. Let me just sort of outline. And again, there are there are videos about what makes a good bug report. Well, I want to talk about what makes a good feature request. How do you how do you request a feature that a a, a developer may actually act upon? Because and again, these things there there are a number of things you got to remember. Again, first things first. Most developers for open source software already have their own ideas, especially volunteers. The volunteers who 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 are sort of putting their own passion time into developing open source software, chances are good. They, they got in as users, decided it needed a feature, and then they started to add it, you know, then they got to dig in the code to add the feature that they want. That's kind of how it works. So if you're going to distract, just like as a creative, right, as somebody who makes creative work, if given the choice of working for free on somebody else's project and working for free on my own project, unless the other project is very compelling, I'm going to work on my own project, right? It's just natural selfishness taking hold there. So the same thing goes with developers. If, if, if the choice is between working on random feature requests that, that some unknown user has, has put out there versus developing a feature that, that they're interested in developing and they came up with on their own, a developer is likely going to choose their own idea nothing you can do about that and there's nothing wrong with that that's just the way things work but there are developers who are either looking to superimpose other ideas on top of their own or sort of proof of concept like they have an idea but they want to see if if it's something that, that users are actually interested in having a, a repository of ideas a database of ideas if you will to to sort of get an idea of how it should work, how the users expect it to work, that sort of thing, is very valuable. So they will look for that sort of thing and they do value that sort of communication. So that's the first thing to remember is, is remember who, again, this, this goes back to standard making of art. Remember your audience. Making a feature request is the same sort of thing. Your audience in this case is going to be mostly a developer. Other users as well, because other users can chime in and say, "Yeah, yeah, that's very that, that'd be a, I love that feature." Or another user like, "Well, I can already do it this way. Why would I want this feature? Because that would just get in my way." So, you your your audience is user other users and developers, but you you kind of want to mostly get the attention of a developer, right? So you want to value their time, and the way that you value a developer's time is. You, you make it easy for them, right? That's, that's the same way you value anybody else's time. If you want somebody to do something for you, you try to make it easy for them to do that. You give them everything that they need except for the thing that you need them to do, right? If I need, if for something, for instance, I need some, I'm, I, I want to commission somebody to paint a picture for me and for some reason I don't feel like painting it myself, Let's, let's assume that I, I, I don't know how to paint or something and I want, to, I want somebody else to do it for me, well then maybe I provide the materials. I provide all the paint. I provide all the, the, the resources, the space, the canvas, the, the brushes. I provide all of that. Maybe, maybe I provide an, in, an, an inkling of what the painting I want to be. And you know, maybe, just maybe, I provide the finances to allow the painter to have the time to do it. Same thing goes on the develop on on 
feature requests for development. Give them all the tools that they need in order to most effectively make that feature come come to life, right? So when you make a feature request, you, you can't, well, you can, but it, it's not gonna get you any good results to say, I want this better. I want my renders faster. I want my, 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 my pictures prettier. I want, um, I want the make pretty button. I want make, make me a beautiful animation button and that actually works, right? None of those are useful or actionable feature requests because they're, they're, they're all too vague. They're all too vague and, and anybody reading it has no idea specifically what you're looking for. The other thing you don't, let me sort of, yeah, let me also outline the things you, you don't want to say. The other thing you don't want to say is, hey, this other software over here has this feature. I want exactly that feature in my, in, in, in this open source tool. It, that is, is not only is that not useful, but it can also be insulting and it can also be just completely out of context. When you make a feature request for a piece of software, you need to make that request with knowledge of how that software works and how, how the workflow of that program works. Because if you ask for a feature in, in that, that's in another program, and the workflow for, for getting that feature is completely different, right? So, so uh, here's, here's a really, really contrived example, but say, say somehow, <coughs> and we'll use proprietary software as the example. All right, so, so After Effects is compositing software, but it's layer-based. And Nuke is compositing software that's node-based. It uses nodes for, for wiring up your effects and compositing. Now, it doesn't make any sense one, the, the least useful thing you can say is, hey, After Effects developers, make it node-based. It's a different paradigm, not gonna work. Likewise, you can't just say, I want a feature in After Effects that behaves exactly like it does in Nuke because they have two completely different approaches to the same, same process, right? They're, they're both compositors, but they have completely different ways of approaching compositing. So, you, so ha being, being a person to, to ask for a... a nuke feature a node in nuke that that would be a an after effects is not is an indication that you've never used after effects and you don't know what you're talking about therefore your credibility as somebody asking for a feature is diminished because one of the things that if, if a developer is going to, to to produce a feature for you that they haven't thought of themselves they want to know that the feature actually gets used right the 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 Hell, uh, there was a tweet just today. I think uh, Tom Rosendahl from Blender Foundation. He 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 just tweeted that like Open Color IO, which is uh, for for color management in Blender, was added in Blender two three years ago, and it's just now really getting used for color grading. And developers want to see their software get used. So if you are making a request, that's an indication that. A, you've never used the software, and B, even if they add the feature, you still might not use it. You're just sort of throwing feature requests into the wind and seeing what sticks. You're not going to get a lot of credibility. But if you're somebody who has made artwork in Blender, in GIMP, in Credo, or whatever, and can has that work to show and say, look, I'm doing this thing, but in order for me, I can do my work better if I had this feature, that's going to get you a lot more love. That's going to get you a lot more your feature request naturally has more weight because you're going to use it. 
and you have an example of you using it, an example of the possibility of you using it. <laughs> Is that fair? Maybe not, right? I mean, it, it does have a, a bias towards people who are who are already using the software, but that's kind of the way things are. That's kind of the way things work. They used to bat around on Blender artists and, and other places. There's a, a phrase that, that was says, Blender is for Blender users, right? And that would get thrown around pejoratively, but it's true for any software. Blender's for Blender users, GIMP is for GIMP users, Photoshop is for Photoshop users. It's, it's not often in the best interest of, say, Photoshop to add a feature for another piece of software. You want to, you want to cater to the users that you have and you want to make what they do better, make their lives easier. And that's, that's the same for any software. So I, it, it really bugs me when people throw around, throw around that term pejoratively because they fundamentally don't understand what, 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 what the term, what that phrase means. And it, it just bugs the hell out of me. So going back to my, my, my list of don't do's, one, you, you don't want to be vague. Two, you don't want to blindly ask for the request a feature that's in another piece of software without talking about it within the context of the software that you're you're requesting it for. So you don't want to say, I have a, you know, this other program has X feature. I want, I want X feature. Because one, again, talking about the, 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 the development side of it is one side of it. But the, the other thing in all of that is you can't expect other users or other developers to have the same experiences with other software that you do, right? So you need to explain it in its, in its in an atomic state, in its sort of most pure form. Here, let, me, let me see if I can come up with an example off the top of my head. So get, let's talk in terms of GIMP, right? GIMP has layers and GIMP has layer groups, um, but a lot of people have been asking for GIMP to get layer effects and adjustment layers coming people who are coming from a photoshop paradigm they they want those specific tools in gimp now gimp while it behaves in a lot of ways like photoshop gimp is not photoshop and adjustment layers and layer effects and those sort of things are are not in tune with the um vision or development philosophy that's in GIMP. So you want to, you want to talk about it more atomically. You don't want to talk about, I want Photoshop's adjustment layers. You, what you, what you're really asking for in that case is non-destructive editing. I would like to be able to run a filter on a layer without disrupting the source material so that it's easy to back out of it or make modifications to it without destructively editing on, on that image without making a blur on the image that I can never unblur. That That's an example of, of taking it to the atomic level, taking it to the, the base of it and say, all right, well, I want, I want non-destructive editing in GIMP. Now that's a big ask, right? And that's why it's taken so long to, to get that kind of feature to come into GIMP. But that that's the essence of, 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 of the request there. And so likewise with any other piece of software, you want to, you want to get yourself down to the, the baseline. You want to get yourself down to the, how would you describe the feature without even naming the software that you're looking to emulate? And again, we're not, we're not, it's not like we're dancing around 
trademark names or whatever, that, that doesn't matter. It's you want to be able to explain something in a clear way as if the person you're explaining it to has never used that other piece of software because chances are good they've never used that piece of software. That That's the essence of that. The other thing, so so that's that's sort of your, fir- for your first step into making a good feature request. You know, take your feature request down to its simplest, most atomic level and explain what you want there. Now, here's the other half of that. Don't just explain the results, right? Don't just sit and you know, resa- re- explain that I want more accurate color grading or that I, that I don't just say that I want non-destructive editing because, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways to implement that kind of feature. The other thing you want to make sure you do is, as best as you can, make your proposal show how you would envision the implementation of that feature in the software. And that, that implementation can't just be, here's a screenshot of this other program, make it like that. That's not the way to do it. Don't do that. If you can see me, my hands are waving with like, as if, as if trying to slow down a frightened horse. Don't do that, no! And then I get trampled. <laughs> so, don't point to another piece of software, a screenshot of another software and say, make it like that. Because we're again, we're pointing back to getting back to atomics and getting back to working within the context of the software you want. So explain the implementation that, that, that you want for the feature. Take a screenshot, screenshot, take a screenshot of GIMP, of Blender, of Krita, of Inkscape, and say, you know, and then mock up what you think the user interface would look like. Multiple images, and if it's workflow based, even better, do multiple images. I click this button, this thing happens in this in this part of the, the, the window. I click this, I, I type this command, this thing happens over here. I drag this thing over here with my mouse. And so illustrate what you want. What it comes down to is when you make a feature request, think about it like you're writing documentation in advance. That's the way to think about it. So you have this feature that doesn't exist yet in the software that you want to add it to. And you say, and you imagine, okay, Imagine this 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 feature did exist in the software, and then then write the documentation for how that feature how you expect that feature to work. That does two things. One, it makes it very clear what you're asking for. That's the biggest thing. It makes your feature that that's giving the developer all of the tools that they need to actually implement the feature. You're telling them the results you want to get, and you're showing them how you would expect to get to those results and then on top of that on the on the wild chance that a developer reads your fantastically crafted feature request proposal and implements it they already have a baseline to start with the documentation with your proposal and developers hate writing documentation right so if you again provide them everything that they need outside of the actual code writing part they like that. There's a lot of benefit to that. There's, and then on top of that, other users could look at your proposal and say, well, I like this, but have you thought about this other corner case or this other little thing that I personally do where your feature would help? Then you can get a good loop. You can get community. 
you get communication in your community. <laughs> Amazing! That's the whole that's that's the whole idea. If you write your feature request like documentation in advance, then there's a far greater likelihood that a developer will be more interested and willing to code that feature. Now, when when the actual feature gets gets produced, don't don't be all pissy if it doesn't work exactly like you wrote in your little mock-up because I mean things come up implementation implementation details sometimes may require different modifications and changes just that's the nature of the beast that's how things that's how things work that's how development works and you have to sort of pivot and iterate and and modify things to uh, to, to work around some of those limitations and difficulties that that that's with everything's you know everything's a trade-off when it comes to engineering and development and those sort of things that's a sunk cost you're just going to have to you're just going to have to deal with that so don't get pissy they're already developing a feature for you that that you asked for and they're doing it for free because they're 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 volunteer most of them are volunteer developers so cut them some slack all right but yeah that's that's the essence of of making a good feature request and if you do go on rightclickselect.com or I think there's the GIMP brainstorm blog. I think that still exists. Could just be the, the GIMP bug tracker uh, or create a system for, for feature requests, Inkscape, Synfig, etc. Uh, you know, OpenTunes has a, has a, a their feature requests on their, on their GitHub tracker. Whatever system the, the, the software developers are using, you go there, that's, that's the other thing. You kind of want to go where the developers are. So part of my mission is to try and get more developers to be active on rightclickselect.com to, uh, to use that as a resource for their development. That's, that's part of my own personal mission, and I'm going to do as much as I can to, to make that happen, and I'll take all the help that I can get on that front. But when you go to those sites, when you go to right click select and, and, or any, any site like that to make your feature request, or even if you're doing it on your own damn blog, you can do this on your own blog and then throw it out to social media and, and say, look, at least I have it documented somewhere, right? Like Google Docs document, anything, as long as it's in a place that's referenceable and, but ideally you want to get in a place where, where it's in front of developers, otherwise it's just you know, shouting into the wind. Do your post and, and, and again, I'm gonna hammer this one more time. Write it like you're writing documentation for the, for the feature that you want. And that will get you the most positive responses if you get any responses. Because again, you might not get any, but that's the way to get good feedback and that's the, the best way to give a good feature request. And I really, really look forward to seeing more of those kinds of posts online on these various trackers and whatnot. And now I've come to the end of my commute. Time to get to work. Alrighty, that's the show. As always, if there's something I say that strikes a chord, you can make a comment on the podcast section of my website. 
That would be monsterjavaguns.com slash podcast. Just look for this episode. This episode was episode 22. And put your comments in there. Like I said, I really appreciate it when you guys do that. Of course, you could also track me down. I'm Jason Van Gumster. I'm on your favorite social media site. Just look for my name or Monster Java Guns and tell me what you think there. I also do have an email newsletter that will start sending out periodic little bursts of, of information uh, at the beginning of next year. It's Again, it's, it's a light plain text, light traffic sort of thing and uh, that's where you're going to see anything early about new episodes or, or events I'm going to or, or anything like that. You can subscribe to that on the sidebar of my site. Again, that's monsterjavaguns.com Alright. Now you get to work. See you next week. Thank you.